here tonight. Proverbs chapter number 30 and verse number 17. Now it's going to seem, it's going to seem in the first few, or actually mainly the first point tonight, that we're dealing with children and young people. Uh, but the point of this first point is that we have to start young. Say that with me. We have to start young. If we're going to teach respect, you don't wait till they get to be a teenager before you teach them respect. It don't work that way. We start young. We deal with those subjects young. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a minute, all right? Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 17. And then I'm going to read just a few verses over there in Ephesians, all right? Uh, have you found your spot? All right. Uh, the eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Basically, the buzzards are going to get you. Now, uh, I told my, my daughter, uh, Brandy, she was going to be up here tonight. Uh, she wasn't feeling good, so she came up here tonight. And I told her, I said, that's good. I want you on the front row for this first point. And I read her this verse, and her eyes got that big around. Amen. Uh, basically, what we're going to find out in, in God's Word, especially in Proverbs, is what God thinks about disrespect. In this particular verse, he is using and, and talking about uh, a body laid out in the desert, a, a body laid out in the wilderness with no burial, an unburied body, which was a great show of shame and disrespect in the culture of that day. In other words, this is how your life's going to end up if you disrespect your parents, all right? Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, that's significant. The first commandment with promise. What's the promise? That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Somebody say amen. amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy tonight. God, I pray in Jesus' name that your will be done. Lord, I pray that you'll move in an awesome way tonight. Help us as we study your word. Three really important topics that we need to talk about tonight. God, I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to be seated. You can get the lights. And I want you to see this video. New tonight, it has all the makings of a Hollywood horror movie. A teenager's innocence stripped away as she's forced to sell her body to the highest bidder. Two women claim they were held against their will for days. Victims of sex trafficking at a motel on the outskirts of downtown Nashville. to count the victims. They're ashamed, scared. Sometimes they don't even know they're victims. But the TBI made an effort to show just how prevalent this is right here in Tennessee. In TBI's study, they found 79% of law enforcement and social services felt unequipped to handle sex trafficking cases. about the sex trafficking case in Huntsville. Uh, this is something, this is a, uh, a problem.
problem that when you say the word, I think India, I think Thailand, I think uh, across the world, I don't think Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, but it is happening right here. Uh, there, there is a young lady who was kidnapped in, in uh, my uncle's hometown in Tennessee, Sardis, Tennessee, up there. Uh, that, that they still don't know what took place. They, they suspect that it might be sex trafficking, and, and it's happening all around us. How many of y'all today remember the uh, uh, Front Porch Sunday, the rap that I did? How many of how, how many y'all remember that? Uh, the, the gentleman, the pastor that wrote that rap, uh, he, is a, he is a friend of mine, and he is doing a tour. He is going on a bicycle. And he's going to ride that bicycle for 800 miles to, to, to draw awareness to this devastating problem in our country. Uh, our church has, has volunteered to be one of the stopping points uh, to this tour. He's going to go uh, from Mount Juliet, Tennessee, and he's going to come down through and stop at different places. The stop at our church will be October the 8th. Uh, I believe it's October. Am I correct on that, Brother Dustin? I believe it's October the 8th uh, on a Tuesday night. And I need everybody there. I need everybody there. I need you to tell everybody you can. Uh, now, this may not seem significant to us, but if it was your niece, if it was your daughter, if it was your grandchild, uh, it would be significant. Do I have an amen right there? Amen. So I want you to be praying about it. We're going to be a a advertising it more. He called me just the other day. We're, we're a little behind uh, prepping for it because he just let me know the information and so I want you to be praying about that. He's going to be speaking that night and sharing that night. And he is an incredible speaker, too. I mean, you're going to love him to death. He, uh, he has less sense than I do. Say amen. Uh, so that'll tell you something right there. But it's going to be good. I want you to be praying about it and praying that God would touch. All right? If you're with me, say amen. amen. All right. It's the 15th. October the 15th. That's exactly what I said. October the 15th. Are you sure about that? Because I thought he told me the 8th. All right, check on that again. Check because it's on the, it's on his on the website part of that. It's got our stop and the date. Make sure that's correct. You probably already did, but make sure again. All right, all right. Let's get back to Proverbs. How many of y'all are enjoying Proverbs so far? All right. Now let's talk about the subject. We got three subjects that we want to deal with tonight. Uh, the first point and the first subject topic, if you will, uh, we're going to talk about disrespect. Disrespect. Uh, I, I remember, I remember, uh, when I was growing up, uh, that was something that was not tolerated in the Carter household. It was not something that was tolerated at all whatsoever. Uh, I don't know how you were raised. Uh, you may have been raised different. That's fine. People up North are raised a little different in, in culture and, and, and some of the, some of the things that we, we do and say, uh, cause I, I remember saying yes, ma'am and no ma'am and yes, sir. And no, sir up, up North. And, and they think that that's different. Some of not everybody, but some said yes is appropriate. No is appropriate. But anyhow, I was taught you say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And you never said, huh? Oh, oh mercy. If you ever said, huh, in reaching distance, it was all over but the crying, honey. Amen. Uh, and it was just an effort to teach us respect. Respect. I remember the first time, I remember the first time I really experienced uh, seeing disrespect from a young child or a, a, a young person with a parent. Uh, we were leaving the ball field. We were leaving the ball field after a game one night, and uh, and one of the kids, he, he, he was one of the full rotten brats and, and never was corrected, never was taught anything. And uh, they were leaving, and his father was trying to console him. He did bad at the game, and uh, 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 but anyhow, and, and he was trying to console him and talk to him. And man, the way he talked to his father, it made, it made my blood curl. I mean, I, 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 at first I was almost in shock because I'd never, I'd never fathomed that a kid could do that to a bigger person. Say amen. Uh, because I'd never seen a bigger person put up with it. Are y'all with me? And, and I was just watching that and watching and, and, and the more I saw it, the more it bothered me. And, 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 and man, I, I thought to myself, I want, I don't want to ever act like that. I don't like the way that looks. I don't like the way that sounds. It just, in my spirit, it just did not agree with me. And you know, here's the thing. If we don't teach our children respect there, they won't have it here. And, 
And respect is something that you never outgrow. Have y'all noticed that? Respect is something you never outgrow. It's something that you need to keep all of your life. Road rage is disrespect. Uh, treating people with, with rudeness is disrespect. Uh, this is something that, that God says is not appropriate. Say amen right there. Let's look at the definition. Let's look at the definition. Disrespect is rude behavior or showing no respect. All right? Showing no respect. So let's look up the word respect. If, if we're not showing respect, what is respect? It's a feeling of appreciative regard or regarded with honor or esteem. Honor or esteem. How many of y'all believe we should not only respect our parents, we should respect each other? Now, here's some things I want you to see. The Bible says in Proverbs 30, 17, we just read that. Under the old covenant, children who disobeyed their parents and broke the law were in danger of losing their lives. Passages like Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21 and Leviticus 20 verse 9 show how seriously God took the fifth commandment. Children who don't respect uh, uh, godly loving parents aren't likely to respect teachers, policemen, or any other authority symbol in society. Uh, God thought it serious enough that there was capital punishment for disrespectful children. Now, I'm not saying we need to stone children. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we ought to throw a few at them, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm not. God was very serious when he dealt with the subject. And I believe, I believe because he knew what it would turn into when they got to be adults. So what do we need to respect? A few things I want you to write down here tonight. What do we need to teach our children respect with and ourselves? First, foremost, we need to teach them to respect the Lord. We need to teach them to respect the Lord several times, several times uh, through the book of Proverbs. Go and get your concordance and look up the word fear the Lord and how many times you find fear the Lord in Proverbs. Fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You cannot know anything till you learn to fear God. You'll have no wisdom till you learn to fear God. I know of a lot of intellectual people, a lot of very smart people who are dumb as a rock. Say amen. They know a lot of stuff but know nothing because they do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says in Deuteronomy 10 verse 12, God is speaking to the nation of Israel. He says, now Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all of his ways and to love him and serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul. Say amen. Now, I want to... I want, to, I want to read a, a, a verse here in Ecclesiastes. Uh, after Solomon had gone in, the, in, the, in the, the journey that he took on finding uh, satisfaction and fulfillment on this earth, and he found that there was none without God, under the sun or without God, there was no fulfillment in life. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter in the very last chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes, of chapter 12, verse 13. Uh, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. What does that mean? What does it all boil down to? When it's all said and done, what really matters? What I mean, when you, when you bring it right down to where it matters, what, what, what is the deal? Uh, fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. I believe with all of my heart that we need to teach our young people to respect the Lord. Respect the Lord. We can respect the Lord in his house. We can respect the Lord in his ministry. We can respect the Lord's people. I, I grew up, and, and you may have grown up different, and, and you may be taught different, but I, I grew up to respect the man of God. I didn't call him Joe, I didn't call him Larry, I didn't call him Henry, I didn't even call him brother something. I called him pastor, preacher, or, or whatever, his, if, if it's an evangelist, whatever that might be, and that was just showing respect for God's man. I believe that. I believe we need to show respect. Now, listen, I'm not standing here teaching you because we've done dealt with all that stuff in the past about thinking that if you wear anything but a tie to church that you're disrespecting God. I don't believe that. 
I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I, I believe it's been taught that way, but I don't believe that. Jesus was a common person. He, he hung out with common people. The Bible says the common people heard him gladly. He was a poor carpenter, and uh, he always hung out with the people nobody else wanted to hang out with. And, and, and I don't believe we have to be flashy to please the Lord, but I don't believe we need to be sloppy neither. I don't, I don't believe in uh, dress as you are. I don't, mean, I don't think that means that we can uh, uh, treat God as something that's, that's, ir- that's disrespectful. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So let's respect the Lord. Teach him to respect the Lord. Then B, B, write this down. We need to teach them to respect the scriptures. We need to teach them to respect the scriptures. So how do we do that? By not letting an inch of dust land on yours. Teach them to respect the scriptures. I remember, I remember when I was uh, before I, I I went to Bible college. I was in a a revival service. Actually, it was a camp meeting uh, at my dad's church. A type of revival service that they have, and and there was an old sailor. Uh, preacher, he was in the Navy, been in the Navy. I think he retired out of the Navy. Was a an, an evangelist and uh, and just a, just an awesome man of God. Could re- memorize scripture like crazy. And 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 basically, they 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 said during the meeting that I was fixing to go off to college, and and uh, and they had a little deal for me, and 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 it was really sweet and nice and all. And I remember being in the foyer of the church, and I went to walk out the foyer, and he was standing there in the middle of the foyer, and he saw me coming. And I had my Bible in my hand, and when I went to walk past him, he stopped me, and he grabbed my Bible out of, out of my hand, and he held it to his chest, and he, and he just, just hugged it like that. And he said, son, you're going to Bible college. And when you go to Bible college, you're going to find that there's going to be a temptation for this book, this Bible, the precious Word of God, to become a textbook, because you're going to have to do work out of it. You're going to have to do... Uh, uh, word studies out of it. You're going to have to write papers out of it. You're going to have to use it all the time. But son, please fight the temptation of allowing God's precious word to become a textbook. It is not a textbook. It's God's mind on paper. It is precious. It is powerful. It is holy. It is wonderful. It is living. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It should be precious to our hearts. And I'm telling you, if it's not precious to you, it won't be precious to them. We need to respect the word of God. I knew a lady, I knew a lady who would never allow anything to be on top of her Bible. She said, oh, that's, 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 uh, uh, that's just, that's a little, uh, what's the word, extreme. Uh, no, she was probably one of the holiest ladies I've ever seen. She wouldn't allow anything on top of her Bible. Uh, uh, she, she kept it precious, and, 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 and we need to, to know where it's at. We need, to, we need to know where it's at. I said we need to know where it's at. Y'all catch that in just a little while. Some of y'all was in Lost and Found. You need to go get it. Amen? <laughs> know where it's at. You know how I can know where it's at if I hadn't read it in a while? I'm, I'm, keeping, my, I'm keeping my little, my little uh, reading chart with me there. I got them checked off. How many of y'all have checked y'all's off yet? Amen? Isn't that cool? Amen. I want to I want to know where it's at. I want to know where it's at cuz I want to I want to respect this. I want my kids to know that they can find any answer to any problem in their life right here. I want them to know that that listen, this will change their life. I want them to know that sin will keep them from this book or this book will keep them from sin. The word of God is so precious. People died so we could have this. People were killed so we could have the privilege of having the whole Bible. There are people that go through the jungles in Vietnam on their hands and knees in the middle of the night in fear of their life because communist people will kill them if they are found with the the living word of God. And we have four or five copies in our house and we don't read any of them. Let's teach our kids to respect God's word. Respect it. All right? Say amen. We need to teach our, our, our children and, and each other. And this may be something we need to learn. Uh, you, may, you may have not been taught this growing up. You may have not had the privilege of having Christian parents growing up. That's fine. It's never too late to learn. 
There's no such thing as an old dog can't learn new tricks when it comes to the Word of God. Are y'all with me? Listen, let's teach them to respect. Come on, tell me. A, we need to respect the Lord. B, we need to respect. All right, C, we need to respect the authority. Authorities. Your parents are your first authorities. All right, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. God instituted government. God ordained government. God sets up kings and he brings down kings. I don't care if you agree with them or not. I don't care if they're your political party or not. It does not matter. It doesn't matter uh, what you think about them. The Bible says we're to pray for them. And we are to respect authority. We are to respect authority. Uh, I was watching the West Wing one time. In that, in the, the West Wing, the president's show, uh, uh, well, he was standing there. I think this was Martin Sheen was the was the president at the time on that show, and uh, and he had all of his main cabinet right there, the the people that he he uh, meets with there, and uh, and he said, "I'm having a barbecue tonight. I'm having a barbecue tonight, and I want y'all all there at the barbecue, and uh, we're gonna have a good time tonight." And all of them started making excuses. Every one of them, all the way from one end of it to the other, start, well, I can't come for this reason, I can't come for this reason, I can't come. He said, okay, I need everybody to step back to the back of the room. And everybody step back to the back of the room. I said, I need y'all to look at that, that seal on the floor, the presidential seal. And everybody looked down at it. And he said, and once again, I want you at my barbecue. They said, we're going to be there. Be there sharp, you know. And it wasn't the person necessarily that they were respecting. It was the office that he was holding. Preacher, what does that mean? Sometimes there's going to be authorities in your life that are jerks. Sometimes there's going to be authorities in your life that are not good people. But God told us to respect our authority. And that's the office that they hold. Well, my father, he just, he just this, he just that. God said to respect them. My mother, I tell you, my mother, my mother, my mother. God said to respect them. Are y'all with me? Uh, it, <laughs> the more in detail we get with all of these things, uh, it seems like the thinner the crowd gets. Amen. Uh, this is not a fan that's thinning the herd. Amen. But you know, you know, we can't water down the gospel. I've been working on I've been working on this Sunday's message and and uh, man I want to tell you now I really do I want to just uh, there's so many places there's so many places that's that's they're just telling what they feel people want to hear. When I go to the doctor, I want to hear, you don't have cancer. When I go to the doctor, I want to hear, your heart is fine. When I go to the doctor, I want to hear, your blood pressure is great. You have no stress. But you know, the doctor's under obligation to tell you the truth. Because if he doesn't tell you the truth, it can't help you. Y'all with me? And some of this stuff, you know, we, I, don't, I, don't really like, I don't really like the fact that I have to respect people I don't like. I don't like that. And if you'll be honest, you have to say amen. But the Bible says we're to pray for them. We're to, we're to pray that God touches them. Not just that, but the Bible says we're to pray for our enemies if we're going to be Christ-like. Amen? Now, I didn't put these here, but I want you to, I want you to write this down. Uh, we need to show respect to others. We need to show respect to others. It can come, it can come in many forms. See, that's what you get for changing the paper before I say it. Amen? <laughs> 
It could be as simple as holding the door open for somebody. It can, it can be as simple as, as when you're washing your hands, cleaning off the, 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 the wiping off the water off of the, the cabinet because you know somebody's coming in behind you. It could, be, it could be as simple as not throwing your trash out your window in somebody else's yard. See, these are, these are things that are so we don't think about. And we disrespect. It, it could be as, as simple as being on time. Let's respect each other. Let's, let's respect each other's feelings. Let's respect each other's, uh, just listen, their lives in general. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's, let's now turn the page. Amen. No, just kidding. One more thing. No, I'm just kidding. All right. How many of y'all, how many of y'all agree, how many of y'all agree that we need to respect others? How many of y'all would like to get a little better in that department? I do too. I do too. I'll, I'll agree. Uh, now, now, number two, here's one that's really devastating. Greed. Greed. Say that word with me. Proverbs chapter number 15. Proverbs chapter number 15, verse 27. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. Proverbs 27, 20. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. The word greed, I looked up the definition to the word greed. Selfish desire beyond reason. Selfish desire beyond reason. Now, here's the deal. I don't want anybody leaving here thinking, okay, Okay, I should never try to better myself. I should never this I don't believe I don't believe when we deal with the word greed that means you should you, you can't want better for yourself. I'm not saying that. I've seen people that were that that never wanted to get better, never desired to get better, never tried to get better, and it wasn't because they wasn't greedy, it was because they was lazy. And that's not what I'm talking about. And, and I, don't think, I don't think God ever intended for somebody uh, to, to not try to improve their self or improve their situation or improve their life. The Bible says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. We got a grave that we're going to one day where we can't work and we can't, we can't laugh and we can't do things. So, man, get the fullest amount out of life you can get. Are y'all with me? So we're not saying don't try to better yourself. We're not saying uh, don't strive. Uh, but sometimes I think that greed gets to a place where it's selfish and it's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. Uh, I want you to write down two things. First, I want you to see the tragedy. The tragedy with greed. The tragedy with greed. What does greed do? What does greed do to us? A Money Magazine survey indicates that Americans are a greedy lot. And, and now, by the way, this, this information right here is old. It's not up to date, so it's probably a lot worse, I would say. Uh, Americans are a greedy lot and will even cheat to make money. You don't say. 24% said they wouldn't correct a waiter who undercharged them. 9% said they, they'd keep money found in a wallet. Here's the saddest of all. 23% said they'd be willing to commit a crime to get $10 million. If they knew, they wouldn't get caught. The love of money is still a root of all kinds of evil, isn't it? Uh, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, we lived in Okeechobee, Florida. Uh, hey, somebody here from Okeechobee, Florida, too, just moved up here, by the way. That's cool, Lane. Okeechobee, Florida. Uh, home of Lake Okeechobee. Uh, unbelievable bass fishing. Somebody say amen right there. Unbelievable bass fishing. And, uh, and uh, anyhow... Uh, Dad was pastoring there. Dad was pastoring New Testament Baptist Church uh, in Okeechobee, Florida. And he took me and my brother uh, to a barber. He took me and my brother to a barber to get a haircut. Uh, well, as far as I, if I'm saying this wrong, Dad, correct me on this story. But uh, the barber, I remember his name, Nick. Am I right? Nick. Uh, 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 I didn't know it till I grew older. But back, back then, uh, he knew that Dad was the new pastor. Well, we went to get a haircut in this new place, and, and uh, we sat down, and, and, and me and my little brother got our haircuts, and, uh, and we loved it because we got free bubble gum every haircut. Say amen. 
And, uh, well, we got our hair cut, and Dad got his hair cut, and we went to leave, and Dad gave him the money, and he gave him his change back. Uh, well, Dad saw that the change was wrong. He gave him too much money back. I don't know, did you do it right then, or did you go home? What happened? Dad went to go get a loaf of bread uh, after we left the, the, the barber shop, and we saw that it was, it was the wrong amount. He had given him too much back. And then went back to the, was it right then that you went back to the barbershop? Went back to the barbershop. And say it loud so everybody can hear you because they're recording this. Say, tell, tell them what happened. The story gets better. We never, ever paid for another haircut. <laughs> Am I right? Listen, let me ask you a question. What is your testimony worth? What is your testimony worth? What people think of you as a Christian? Is it worth a $5 haircut? You don't ever know, you don't ever know whether somebody's watching you or somebody's testing you. Church, say amen. Uh, I have the next best thing. We got Duke for $4. Say amen right there. Amen. Uh, greed. It will, cause, it will cause people to be crooked. Greed will cause people to do wrong things. Greed will cause people to have wrong attitudes toward people who they perceive that has more than they do. It's amazing, it's amazing what happens when our eyes get real big. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So first, I want you to see this. I want you to see the tragedy with greed. But then, then I want you to see the truth, the truth about greed. This is amazing. I, I never saw this. I never put this together till I was reading this for tonight. This is incredible. What's the truth about greed? What does God really say about the subject of greed? Watch this. Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5 says, For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater. You see what he called him? An idolater. Then it says, that hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Colossians 3, 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is what? Idolatry. God calls covetousness idolatry because a covetous heart puts something else in the place that God rightfully should occupy in our lives. Are y'all with me? An Arabian proverb says this, covetousness has for its mother unlawful desire, its daughter injustice, and for its friend violence. In other words, in other words, what creates it is an unrighteous or unlawful desire for something. What comes out of it is injustice because we will create an injustice or perform an injustice to get what should not be ours to begin with. Are y'all with me? Greed. Greed. Is it any wonder? Is it any wonder that our modern covet society uh, witnesses so much injustice and violence? The only cure to charge uh, is to change the heart and replace desire for things with devotion to God. And only Jesus Christ can perform that miracle. Do you realize, do you realize the basic financial meltdown was because of America's greed? We can blame the banks. 
We can, we can blame the financial institutions. We can do all of that stuff we want to. But if the truth be known, none of those banks and none of those financial lenders went to your house and put a gun to your head and took you to the bank and made you sign in papers. They, they may have put the bait out there. They may have looked tantalizing. They made you see all of that's there. But I promise you this, when it's all said and done, when we get down to the nitty-gritty, when, when, when we just, just be honest with ourselves, it was because of greed. Trying to purchase or be and have something that really was beyond our capabilities of having. Greed. Greed. Uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote something down. I wrote something down that's really important in your notes. Uh, and, 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 I, and I hope you get this. I hope you really get this. Because it will make your life so much better. It really will. Watch this. Covetousness robs, it's amazing that I have gotten that word right several times tonight. Amen? I tried practicing that word in my office, and I couldn't get it right. 20 times I tried, and I said it wrong every time. It, and I ain't gonna, I'm not going to try it again because I'll get it wrong now. Amen? It robs us. Now watch this. Now get this, guys. Please get this. It robs us of present blessings because it will not allow us to enjoy or appreciate what we presently have because of grieving over what we don't have. What does that mean? You may have been, you may have been born in a trailer, raised in a trailer, was happy in the trailer, didn't have no problems, you had a great childhood, everything was great. Till you went to school the first day and met somebody who lived in a house. It was okay. It was okay till we saw somebody who, by our perception, has something better than what we have. And so we begin to desire what somebody else has. And whether we know it or not, we start getting ill feelings toward the person that has what we want. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. We can't enjoy what we got. Because we're always fretting over what we don't have. Boy, if I had that house. I, we live our whole lives, we have our, our whole lives worrying and, and, and fretting over and grieving over what we don't have. When if we would just sit down and enjoy the party, are y'all with me? And know that God is powerful, God is all-knowing, God knows what he's doing, and he'll give us what he wants us to have when he wants us to have it, and just trust God with what he knows and his sovereign will, his sovereign ability, and his sovereign power. I promise you this, we'd get along a whole lot better in life. You see, what we don't know about that person in that big old house, they worry every night that they're going to be able to stay in it. We don't realize the mortgage. We don't realize the stress. We don't realize the payments. We don't realize the finances. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was thinking about one of my children in, in a vehicle, and, and there's no payments on that vehicle. We had to charge a battery tonight, but ain't no payments on it. Amen. And she, she, you know, uh, it's, it's, and at that age, I remember, I remember, I'm not going, I'm not going to condemn her because I remember what it's like being at a, it, it, I remember what it's like being my age. Who am I kidding? Amen. And if you're going to be honest, we'll all have to say right there. Amen. But she looks at somebody else with the new car and, 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 and I, I try my best. I try my best to remind, no payments, darling, no payments. Sometimes that's hard to do. I remember, I remember when I had, a, I had, I had a little bit of money, and and uh, Dad tried his best to get me to. Uh, there was a Mustang there that, that needed an engine rebuild. We could, with the money, we could have bought the, the the car and and built the motor and all. And it was a nice car, a nice Mustang, and all that. But I had passed a a candy apple red IROC Z28 T tops. Are y'all with me? And I and, and and it just it it just I, I would ride by and it would say Malcolm. <laughs> Has anybody ever had a car like that? 
And he tried his best, tried his best to get me to get the other one. And, 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 and I said, but, Dad, the Holy Ghost has spoken. He is. Went to work every day at the golf course just to pay gas. And even with their help, I never had time to enjoy the stupid thing. <laughs> and how many times after that I thought, boy, if I just got that Mustang. But boy, when our eyes are fixed on something, isn't it? And we just want what we want. And God is saying, God is saying, if I did give it to you, what you got if you don't appreciate what you got now you're not going to appreciate it and god knows us better than we know ourselves and 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 we can't enjoy right now i remember i remember this we're just going to walk down memory lane tonight i remember being at a job being at a job in 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 florida and and had one of them jobs I could go in, do my time, and 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 they couldn't get but eight. Are y'all with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Get in, get out, go home, no pressure. They, they didn't have to worry about it. it. It was there, you know. And and then the opportunity arose for a promotion. That 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 one I wanted, man. That was gonna, and it was a little bit more money. And when I say a little bit, I mean a little bit. But but that little bit seemed like a lot at the time. I started that job, and it was the biggest headache of my life. Every time the pumps would mess up, I'd have to get out of my bed at home, go to the golf course, make sure it was all running, go through that lost sleep. Anytime something happened, they called me and called. And, and, I, and, I, and I'd be in the middle of the night driving down the fairway in my truck thinking, I, I, I had it where I could go do eight and go home. What was I thinking? tell you what I was thinking just a little more and you know what most greedy people that's all they want is just a little more never satisfied never satisfied with relationships never satisfied with money never satisfied with possessions and the reason they want a little more because they have the misconception that that possession is going to give them fulfillment. Well, if I had that car, if I had that house, if I had that spouse, if, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I. And we go back to the same problem that Solomon ran into in Ecclesiastes, that he searched all that this world had and God let him experience it all. And he said, this is one thing I found out that it will produce in your life. Vanity, vanity. All is vanity. What does the word vanity mean? Empty. You can live in a big old house and feel empty. You can drive a big old long Mercedes and feel empty. You can buy and go on every vacation you want to go on and come back to the same empty house, to the same empty field, and to the same empty heart. Are you all with me? Greed. And by the way, by the way, when we say greed, we automatically refer to money, but it, it, that's not necessarily so. That's not necessarily so. John Wesley, founder of the Methodist Church, taught his people, do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Boy, if there was a prescription for curing greed, that'd be it. Say amen. Uh, Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey said this is what we should do. We should earn all we can, save all we can, and give all we can. Why? How many of y'all believe the Bible? Come on, raise your hand real high. How many of y'all believe the Bible? All right. Do you know the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm fond of receiving. I mean, and, and come on now, y'all got to be honest. Y'all, y'all looking at me all. Come on now, I know you. Am I right? We like stuff, but I tell you, when you have the opportunity and the ability to give something to somebody and be a blessing to them, 
without anything in return, and you know they can't do anything in return, there's no greater blessing in this life. But see, the, the devil has warped our society and culture into thinking that the blessing is going to come from receiving. So we kill ourselves and we work ourselves to death and we cheat people and we do all kind of stuff to get that receiving and it's empty so we need just a little and we keep going through the cycle and wonder why we need Valium, wonder why we're going crazy, wonder why we're facing depression. What did Jesus say? His disciples, his disciples were, uh, they weren't getting it. They were kind of slow. Uh, and he'd done spent three years with them, teaching them and showing them and what they're supposed to do and tell them how they're to be humble and the, the least in the kingdom is going to be greatest. And, and they still wasn't getting it. They still wasn't getting it. So right at the end, right at the end, he had supper with them, the last supper. He had dinner with them and, and wanted to be there with them. The Bible says he, 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 he desired to, to have this meal with them. He loved them dearly. Uh, but they were frustrating because they were constantly wanting to know who was going to be the greatest. Who was going to sit on the right hand or the left hand of him in his throne? You know, who was going to be in the, in the position of authority, in the position of popularity or power, if you will? And, and so he says, I'm, I'm going to give him one last lesson. Because if you know, after that night, he went out and was arrested and then they crucified him. So this was almost basically their last lesson. He takes off his outer garment and puts on a, 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 a towel and he gets down. What does he do, people? He begins to wash their feet. He does the job of a slave. He, he does the responsibilities of the servant, the lowest in the house. And they're all blown away. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. What in the world is he doing? He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the King. He says, you see what I've done to you? If I, your Lord and Master, have done this, he said, you need to do this for one another. Now, a lot of churches have taken this and made a doctrine out of it and made it, made it an ordinance of the church, and I don't believe that's what Jesus is trying to say. I think he was just trying to teach a principle that we need to serve one another. And this is, this is, this is the statement that he makes that I think we've all forgotten. He says, if you will do this, then you're going to experience real joy. Not by what others can do for you, but what you are willing to do for. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Lastly, lastly, what was number one? We need, to, we need to deal with, everybody say it, we need to deal with disrespect. Number two, we need to deal with greed. How do we do that? Let's be willing to help somebody. Let's be willing to give. Let's be willing to give and share, all right? Let's deal with drunkenness. Let's deal with drunkenness. Uh, Proverbs has a lot to say about alcohol. Has a lot to say about alcohol. Uh, Proverbs 20, now let me say this. Let me, before I even go into this, because I, I, I'm not here to debate. I'm not here to argue. I'm not going to. So uh, you Bible scholars in here, uh, don't come up to me after the church service. And say, well, I tell you what, this is what I think. It don't matter. It don't. Believe what you want to believe. Believe what you have a conviction about. Believe what you feel like the Lord is telling you. Uh, but I'm telling you what God's conviction is in my heart. All right? Uh, because some people, some people believe in moderation. Some people believe in total abstinence. I'm a teetotaler. Say amen. That means I don't mess with none of them. And I'll tell you why at the end. Uh, but but we're not here to argue, and we're not here to debate, and I'm not going to tell you, you know, one way or the other on this deal. I want to share you what the verses say, what alcohol's been responsible for, and then I'm going to share you what I feel about it. Are you all with me? Say amen. All right. Then we'll get along and go to Dairy Queens. Amen. Drunkenness. Drunkenness. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, and it sure is. Wine will make a, a dumb man think he's smart. Wine will make a, alcohol will make a weak man think he's strong. It's amazing to me how a little pipsqueak can get a drink in him and want to fight everything in the room. Y'all with me? Why is that? Because wine's a mocker. Strong drink is raging or brawling. 
And whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. You dumb is what it's saying. Now, technically, in my, my book, I don't even need to read no more. That's enough right there, but I'm, I got some more. Proverbs 23, verse 19. Hear thou my son. And, and by the way, when we get to the bottom, you'll understand the way I feel the way I feel. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, and I did, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to, to be that, and I don't want to be arrogant about this because this is serious. Uh, but I really hate alcohol. I really do. And, I, and you'll see why in a minute. Proverbs 23, 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. Guide thine heart in the way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Proverbs 23, verse 29. Man, this is a very clear picture of a drunk. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babblings? Who hath wounds without cause? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup. God said, don't even look at it. When it moveth itself aright, at the last it biteth like a serpent, and it stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women. It, it'll cause you to your morals to be all messed up. It'll loosen your inhibitions to cause you to do things you normally wouldn't do. Thine heart shall utter perverse things. It'll cause you to say things you normally wouldn't say. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, thou shalt say. I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? In other words, you'll wake up with wounds you didn't know where they come from. When I shall awake, you would think after somebody had gone through all of that, they don't want that no more. Man, that's the last thing I want, but you know what? It says, I will seek it yet again. How many people that you know puked their guts out in a toilet and said, man, I won't never, ever, 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 ever do that again till Friday night? Right? Amen. Proverbs 31, 4. King Lemuel, his mother speaking. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. We need to understand that alcohol is a narcotic. It's a narcotic, not a food. Proverbs warns us about alcohol abuse. We need to heed the warning today. Paying the tragic consequences of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States drains $200 billion annually out of the economy. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, a person dies every 33 minutes in an alcohol-related accident. And that's not all. An estimated 310,000 people were injured in crashes each year where police reported to that alcohol was present. That's an average of one person injured every, approximately every two minutes. We've been here almost 60 minutes, uh, so divided by two, about 30 people have been injured since we've been in this room because of alcohol. I was reading, and I didn't put it in there because I didn't really have room, uh, but if you was to, to just to put it just to put it into comparison, every eight days enough people die on the on the roadways because of alcohol, or or not just on the roadways, just alcohol related period. Whether it's alcohol poisoning, uh, uh, alcohol induced, whatever alcohol because of the the results of alcohol, every eight days a, a enough people to fill a seven forty seven die every eight days. Now let me ask you a question: What would the what would the National Safety uh, uh, Board and, and 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 the aeronautics and all of that do if every eight days a 747 crashed into the ground and killed everybody? They would ground that plane immediately. But you know what they do with alcohol? They promote it. They sell it. It's legal. Now here's the deal: There's three parties in Washington: the Republican Party the Democratic Party, and the cocktail party. It is what it is. 
Now, really, now let's think about it. If we want to put it in perspective, do you realize in the same period of time during the Vietnam War, and I can't remember the number, I had it in my head, and it just, it just flew from my mind, uh, several, several thousand men died in the Vietnam War. But in the same period of time, two million people died because of alcohol. Is it 51,000? I think it's a little higher than that, but that, that, that's close enough. Now think about that. But it's legal. It's legal. Somebody said this. I tell you what, uh, people say you shouldn't be under the influence. And, well, you shouldn't be under the influence of caffeine. I've never seen anybody OD on caffeine. I've never seen anybody drink too much Mountain Dew and run over somebody. Let's keep it into perspective. Are y'all with me? Now look. Uh, consider these additional statistics from the United States Justice Department. Nearly four in ten violent victimizations involve use of alcohol. Four in ten. Also, victim reports show on average each year about 183,000 rapes and sexual assaults involve alcohol use by the offender. As do just over 197,000 robberies, about 661,000 aggravated assaults, and nearly 1.7 million simple assaults because of illegal drugs. Now, I put here in big bold letters reasons that I choose to abstain. Did y'all notice that? So don't come up at me and say, well, I think the Bible teaches. I'm telling you why I choose to abstain. Uh, number one, number one, if you're writing this down, I want, you to, I want you to write this down. I choose to abstain because of the tragedies I want to forget. The first three funerals of my ministry was because of alcohol. I remember, I remember going into the hospital room and seeing this man who was green. And I don't mean to be vulgar, but it was as green as your shirt. Everything had quit working. An alcoholic whose life just went away. I've seen wrecks and I've experienced and sat with parents and sat with family members who was involved in alcohol-related accidents, who took people way too young. I seen and went to, went to church with a young man, Tammy knows him real well, went, went to church, a good guy, just a good young man, a good teenager, a good teenager. They don't have to be thugs. A good teenager went down with some friends to Panama City for spring break. Him and another young lady had been had been drinking and, 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 and just having themselves a time with their other friends and went and got in a traffic accident and the young lady got killed. I can still remember, I can still remember seeing the police report. I still remember seeing the video on the news of this young man who I sat beside in church just, just, just weeks before. And they, he was sitting in the back of the ambulance and, and had him in handcuffs and tears dripping off his face knowing that his friend was in the, is going to be in the grave. Tragedies I don't want no part of. We've got family members that alcohol has just wrecked their life. And I just, I just soon forget that. Listen, tragedies, I want to forget. Then number two, I abstain. I don't mess with it. I don't mess with it because I have a testimony I want to protect. I have a testimony I want to protect. Romans 14, 17. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Let me ask y'all a question. You in here, because I know y'all in here, that you think it's okay in moderation. Uh, what would you think of me if you saw me coming out the liquor store?
carrying a case of beer. Say, so, well, that's, that's different. How's that different? Christian is Christian. Here, uh, I was in the, I was in the, uh, I was in the, uh, the, the chicken wing place. Uh, downtown Grill. I don't know why most of my illustrations have to do with food. I don't, I don't know, but when Andrew was in the hospital, when Andrew was in the hospital, uh, we was in the, we was in the, uh, me and Bo was in the, was in the uh, cafeteria, and we had our shirts on. We had our shirts on. Every time we went somewhere, somebody would say, what's that about? Well, then we would tell them and share it with them. And, and the, uh, the nurse walked by and said, uh, from this area, and, and, and said, what, what's the shirts about? And, and she began to tell them uh, about uh, their church and praying and, and all that kind of thing. And, and, and we, we shared everything. And, and uh, well, come back, come back to Coleman. This was right after Coleman went wet. So uh, uh, the downtown grill uh, had alcohol. So I, I go in with some of some of my family, and we're sitting there eating, and, and this same nurse come in and then sat right beside us, and they were drinking alcohol. And, uh, and uh, we were sitting there, and I knew I, knew I recognized her, because I, but I couldn't remember where I recognized her from, and then it dawned on me where I recognized her. Well, uh, it just so happens about halfway through the meal, she glanced over me, and I saw the moment. How many of y'all ever read Facebook and they always put that stuff on there? The moment when she realized she had a beard to her mouth and saw the reverend. Now, here's the thing. She didn't bother me. She didn't bother me. I know what I know. I know what I believe. I know who I am. She didn't cause me to stumble one bit. I'm not tempted by that one bit whatsoever. But it bothered her. Now, if it is so right and okay, why did it bother her? Now, here's the deal. So, well, preacher, what if we just, we, we just, we just, we just drinking in our home world, not around nobody, nobody knows it. You got to buy it. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. There was, there was some things that may be okay for me, but I won't do it so I have the opportunity to win somebody to Christ. I was talking with a gentleman. I was talking with a gentleman who had, had long hair. He had long hair. Ugliest woman I ever saw. Amen. It was just. And I told him that. We were friends. And, and he said, uh, he said, well, I don't think it's a sin to have long hair. I said, you're right. I said, the Bible don't say it's a sin. It says it's a shame. And uh, I'm, that's what the Bible says. I, I'm giggling. Is that not what the Bible says? Well, and, and he said, he said because he had said he was in a, in a band, and he said that there was a, uh, somebody who made a, a crack about it or a comment about it, and, and he was in a, a Christian group. And, and was offended and, and so forth and so on. I said, man, I understand. I said, that, that probably wasn't right. She probably didn't have a right to say that. I said, that was probably embarrassing. I get it. But let me tell you why I cut my hair. I said, there'll be places that you go in that you can't reach everybody because somebody will be offended by that situation. I said, but I can go anywhere. Now, it's okay. I said, I'm not saying you're wrong. I said, man, if that's, if that's you and you're okay, whatever, man, live and let live, whatever. But I don't want to offend nobody. I want to be able to reach everybody I can. And I don't want to use my freedom or liberty to cause somebody else to stumble. And to me, causing one sinner to stumble to exercise my freedom that I think the Bible allows, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And I abstain because I want to protect my testimony.
And whether you know it or not, ladies and gentlemen, whether you know it or not, you all got a testimony. You all have a testimony. Uh, and people are watching you. And by the way, let me just put this out there. Let me just put this out there. If you're going to act stupid in public, don't wear a temple shirt. Okay? Can we all agree on that right there? Preacher, you need a pastor sticker on your truck. No, I don't. I ain't putting no pastor sticker on my truck. Amen. I mean, let's think about this. People are watching. They watch me at the Coon Club. I can't tell you how many. Brother, Brother Gabe, you've been there. How many times are they eyeballing me to see how I'm going to react? They will even say something to get a rise out of me to see how I'm going to react. We all got a testimony. And, and you don't need somebody to preach your funeral. You preach it every day. Because you can get anybody you want to to get up and say anything you want to. And they say how good a person you are. But everybody in the chair knows what the real deal is. Y'all with me? I abstain because I want to protect my testimony. C, I abstain because there's temptation I want to avoid. There's temptation I want to, oh, goodness, seven minutes, overtime. Almost said, holy cow, but I don't know if that's appropriate in church, amen. <laughs> um, well. Like y'all ain't never said, holy cow. Come on, people. <laughs> I want to avoid temptation. The verse that I used is don't give place for the devil. Do you realize if I don't ever drink anything, I'll never get drunk? I mean, this is perfect. This is a great scenario. God says, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, roaming about, seeking whom he may devour. All right? Amen? It says, don't be drunk with wine. It says, be filled with the Spirit. So if I never drink it, I'll never be drunk. No temptation whatsoever. Uh, we can quit right there. Uh, that's enough for y'all to chew on right there. Amen? Uh, I need y'all to pray for me. We're leaving tonight. Uh, to go to uh, Tennessee to a pastor's conference. And uh, there's a lot of people want to know what's going on here because there's a lot of struggling churches and a lot of discouraged pastors who need some encouragement. And how many of y'all will pray for your preacher in this meeting that we can encourage a bunch of preachers this week? Amen? All right. Well, let's, let's uh, Dad, I, I, I want so bad to tell them the story when I was painting. Remember, when we was up in Huntsville and I was painting, never been drunk a day in my life. But uh, when they tell y'all wear a respirator, you better wear a respirator. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that right there. My wonderful father and uncle just down on the floor laughing at me. <laughs> Lord, thank you for an awesome night. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, everybody.